Hi friends, welcome back for episode two of Digging for Bones. I'm your host, Tucker Max. Today's episode, I will be interviewing another Cooper, a different pup Cooper. Uh, This Cooper is actually in our military. He has been in the kink scene for a while and is also an active and previous participant of the furry community. He's going to share with us a little bit about his history pack dynamics of being part of a polyamorous group of pups as well as some of his background in the military i hope you enjoy it and please remember to hit that subscribe button and i do want to preference to everyone this is a different cooper than last week there just happens to be two (laughs) yeah i think when i first saw it i was like i feel like someone's trying to steal my name they spell it a little differently but nonetheless I feel like my identity has been stolen. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, um, like I said, I'm, I'm Cooper, uh, originally from the West Coast. Uh, it's one reason I freaking love Oregon. I uh, miss, miss home terribly, currently out back east. But I joined as a furry back in probably 2007-ish time. Didn't actually become part of the pup community until about 2010, 2011. So I've been off and on for many years um, and uh, used to be pretty active in the community and then things kind of died down for the last bit. So I'm finally getting my, my paws back down and getting back into it. Um, been in, been in the army for some years. So that kind of takes away from, from some things. You don't always get to, you know, go out in the field all puffed out because they look that as, as if you're a moving target. Yeah, <laughs> I bet. So. Well, but, thank you. Um, yeah. Um, I appreciate you being on here. I am here to learn perspective and learn from you and any other guests that come on the show. So I just really appreciate you reaching out and taking the time to be here. Um, for those who don't know, I, uh, Coop found me or I found Coop. I'm not sure which one of us found each other first, but it was on Pup Space, um, which I'm having a lot of fun with. I like that app a lot. It does feel like it's from like 15 years ago on one hand, but at the same time, it's a, it's a lot of fun and there's a lot of great connections on there. Um, so some of the stuff we were gonna we talked about talking about today was, you know, your background, how you got into pup play, um, what some of the military perspective or what it means to be in the military. The other thing is, is you have a pack, and I mm-hmm. definitely wanted to ask some questions about pack dynamics. And my new favorite word is polyamory, and so, <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I've been having a lot of fun with that one as well. So I've got questions, and I guess I'll start off with. How on earth did you discover pup play? Oh, good Lord. So like, like many things in this world, blame the furries. Um, so back when I entered, and, and that was back in San Jose, so FurCon and all that kind of stuff, I was there for some years. Um, you get so many different realms of, of the kink community and stuff like that. And it was more of a trying to figure out which one fit better than more or less. And slowly found myself going into into packs and eventually stumbled across a, uh, a pup playroom in one of the hotel suites that had open parties. I'm like, this is interesting. And I kept going with it. And like Alice in Wonderland, I kept going down there and <laughs> haven't come out since. <laughs> love it. Love it. And you said you were used to be a furry. Do you still partake in some of the furry activities? A little bit, yes. And I will always say I'm, 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 I'm still one near and dear, uh, true to form. But um, to say that it's one or the other, or I do more pup or more furry, 
I, I couldn't really decide. It's just a matter of this is maybe on Tuesday and one's on Wednesday or something to that effect. So I get the best of both worlds, I think, with it. I love that. Well, thanks for sharing. So I'm curious, why orange? What, what draws you to orange? Uh, it's something you can see in the middle of the night. Um, I don't know. It was just more of a kind of fell into the color uh, for it. Not to get confused with hanky coat. That's a whole different spectrum of, of color meanings and, and, and whatnot. But I stuck with orange um, because my fursona is a red panda. So one reason why I kind of wear, wear, wear fox gear and stuff like that on top of being a gearhead is that it, this is still me and my character. This is my fursona and my pupsona at the same time. Gotcha. So it kind of just rolled into each other. I love that. Hey, Pup, thanks for joining. Those of you just joining, we are uh, just talking to Cooper kind of about his experience, how he got into pup play. And that kind of leads me on to my next question. Um, being in the military and, and, you know, I've seen a couple military pups online. I feel like, you know, it's already hard enough to be queer in the military, but like to, to have like be a part of the kink community too, especially this facet. Um, what's that like for you? Uh, well, I am going to preface that I ended up enlisting after Don't Ask, Don't Tell was revoked. So it's a, it was a little bit different world and there's definitely an old guard and new guard that's still phasing out. Um, but it's one of those things where, for the most part, the people that you're with and that you work with, you can be whomever you want. It's a matter of just trusting that you're, the person next to you can do your job, to do their job. Um, so now, for sake of simplicity, I will say that my, my own unit doesn't really know about me. They don't need to know. They don't want to know. Yeah. But that respect is back to them as, uh, as well. It's like they don't need to share what they want unless they, they feel like it's important. I am very, very fortunate that I am with a unit that is very accepting um, of all different kinds of lifestyles. And I realize that that is not that is not how things normally are. I was, I was with an infantry unit for two years, and I guarantee you, <laughs> they are still, they're still old school. It, but they care about you doing the job, so you're there to do the job. And what you do or who you do, is behind closed doors outside of that job. But it's definitely a, a compartmentalization for most mm -hmm. part. You have to keep your things separate, but it doesn't mean you get, you have to change who you are ultimately. Thank you for sharing that. That's uh, I really appreciate that. That's interesting for me too. And you mentioned compartmentalized. That's something as a new pup I'm learning too. To be frank, I'm really excited about this. It's uh, unlocked parts of my personality that I kind of always knew were there, but like the positivity from it, the physical health benefits that I'm getting from it, um, the confidence that I'm getting from it with or without my hood, like there's, uh, I get really excited to tell people. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, did I really need to tell that friend? <laughs> did they really need to know that part of me? Um, probably not. I, did they want to? And people say, yes, I'm, I'm pretty good at asking people permission if they want to know about that, but they don't know what they're saying yes to. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm learning, how do you compartmentalize? Like, I think military, obviously, like you said, there's a lot of respect there, but what would, how would you give me advice for compartmentalizing? Oh, good Lord. Uh, I'm still trying to figure that out. And I've been in this for, for over a decade now. Uh, it, first off, it's not easy. And it, it's a matter of 
for me, it was a matter of accepting that I'm not shutting off who I am when I do this job or I do that or I'm in that environment or that social circle. It doesn't shut off who I am. It's just a different side of me. So uh, there's a lot of problems that I see or a lot of struggles that other pubs in, in the community try and deal with in saying that I have to hide who I am during the day to do my job, to human, to adult. And then at night I can go off and just, you know, let myself be who I am. And I feel that when you go into that concept of I have to not be myself for a certain time frame is what is detrimental to your over mental health. I will go out. I will be out in the middle of the field in the, in, in the middle of the pouring rain and dirt and sunshine. And I'll be there because I have dog tags just like anybody else. I still get to represent and be who I am. The fact that it's at a lower degree and it's not in this uh, does not change that. So that compartmentalization is the, is the same difference as you may talk to your parents different than your high school friends. Mm -hmm. It doesn't change who you are. I love that. I, uh, <laughs> did you see your, your persona? I love also that you said like my persona is still me. Um, mm -hmm. I talked a little bit about this last week, but like I had three personas there for a minute. I had Max, <laughs> which was just kind of my always pseudo name I used for like, you know, hooking up with someone online to keep safe and not put out your personal information. Well, over the years, Max kind of add Twitter, Max kind of grew his own personality. Um, and then Tucker came in and then over time, Tucker and Max became one. And then like, as I've been going out as a single pup for the first time in many, many years, um, I'm noticing parts of Tucker in my, my actual self too. And I'm, I'm, I'm seeing this like blurry line of like, it's not, it's not multiple personalities. <laughs> I am, I'm, I'm learning from both of these, uh, personas and kind of the fusion is happening. It reminds me a lot of Steven universe, but like something within. <laughs> I, I think that the a solid progression. I'm probably sh I, I know many that have gone like that. They they end up having three or four or five different characters or aliases, and over time they're just like, I don't need to be an individual person. They start merging it together. That happened for me as well. I I probably had four different aliases that I ran by over a period of time until I settled down and figured out who it is, who I was, and. Um, it takes time and there's nothing wrong with that. People think like you pick your persona or you pick your colors and that's who you are for forever. And that's not the case. People change. We all change. So accept it. I love that. I, and I'll say this again. I said this last time I have an amazing therapist. I've had therapy before and I've always ended up with like cisgendered women um who are great like i liked my therapist but this is the first time i have a queer therapist who's in the same queer spaces that i'm in to an extent um and it was funny when i first was like oh my gosh the kink community is not at all what i expected they were like well what did you expect the kink community to be <laughs> and, and i'm like oh like turn that question around and then they've also been really good about talking about things like archetypes. Like, what is it about the archetype of pet play? And what is it about Tucker? Like, the innocence that I feel with Tucker sometimes and the curiosity um, that comes along with it. That's just been so much fun. And so if you don't have a kink therapist or a queer therapist, I know not everybody has access to that. Um, but please be picky. Like, there's nothing wrong with, like, in your, in your 
search, search for mental health support um, and finding someone who can relate with you. And I do understand that not everybody has that access. Um, <laughs> and so this is the beautiful thing about the internet. Uh, my last handful of therapists put online. And if that doesn't work for you, um, you know, do what's best for you. But I just wanted to put out there that it is possible to find therapists that aren't going to shame you for this, who actually, like in my case, lean into it <laughs> um, and throw some questions out there. And it's been, it's been really fun. I think I do most of the talking, but you know, that's therapy. Um, well, cool. oh, that's definitely a good, a, a good point. And I, and I'll say from personal experience, um, I, uh, I bite more therapists than I do postmen. Um, I have had an unfortunate, uh, counter experience to that, to the, to where I don't rely on that professional community nearly as much. I rely on the peer community. I, I rely on other pups and other furries and stuff like that because I find that I get a more direct and a more uh, transparent interaction with them. So it, don't think that you have to go to those professional resources. The, the community is so massive and so supportive that you can find out what you want. All you have to do is shout, or in this case, bark. Right. And so it's there make noise they will appear not to mention a you know field of dreams reference there for anybody who's old enough to, to get Manifest. that if you bark they will come yes <laughs> i love it and also you know i watch a lot well just this week i discovered uh what's the safe word <laughs> i'm addicted <laughs> i binge watched i popped up some uh, keto snacks and sat on the couch and just watched hours and hours of what's the safe word. Uh, great show for those of you who haven't seen it. Um, it's on YouTube, highly recommend it. I even ordered swag because I'm a fan. Uh, but one of the things they throw out with kink stuff that I do want to throw out too, which is great, is if it starts affecting your personal life and the things we have to do in our home and life, like work and income. And, you know, you find that you're like, putting off things that are important to you and things like that. That's usually a time to like talk to someone, but if everything's great, it's not a problem. If you like, this is all healthy stuff. So have fun with it. That's probably the most important part. Um, so I'm going to get into a couple user submitted questions and I will answer these. So Cooper, you'll answer first and I'll answer second. Um, what is your worst enemy? Uh, squirrels. Squirrels. Mainly because I have attention span of squirrel. So I blame them for my inability to focus. <laughs> Sorry, were you saying something? There was a squirrel. <laughs> um, you understand. I do. I do. I have very serious ADHD. So definitely, definitely have that um, down. But mine comes more into hyper-focus. Hence the birth of Tucker. Um, <laughs> I, my worst enemy, I... I do have a thing with cats, which I, I, I know that it's just like built into the dog thing and some dogs are fine, but one of the play spaces I've been playing at is uh, the sanctuary. They do this thing called Thursday once a month and like the cats, I just have this instinctive and I've always been that way since I was younger, but now when I put on the puff hood, I'm like, mm, cat. Um, <laughs> the dragon. Well, the, 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 the best thing I like to think of is that curiosity killed the cat, but spared the dog. <laughs> <laughs> love it all right zero to one to ten how big of a nerd are you and what are you most nerdy about sir Ooh. uh i would say i'm pretty eight or nine on that spectrum uh i i am true to the core 
D&D 3rd Edition. That's how I started, uh, you know, MTG, Magic the Gathering. I've been, I was playing since Revised. And for all those who know one of the original four sets, that means I'm old. So, um, but I love the, the, the classic kind of stuff. I still play in the modern realms. I love MOBAs. I still play Overwatch. Um, but I definitely have an affinity for the board and pen paper games. Love it. I just played my first D&D last year, and then I was just talking to my sister, well, ex-sister-in-law, about some of this stuff the other day, and she's like, oh, it kind of reminds me how I, like, go all in on my D&D character. I was like, yeah, kind of, kind of. It feels a little bit like that. Um, I'm a big nerd in so many facets. Uh, I am the guy at a party. It's like, did you know? It's kind of like, I love facts, and so... I love the cool cartoony YouTube videos that teach you something new about like how we could all die from nuclear weapons or what if a nuclear bomb was dropped in the, the middle of the United States? What would that look like? Or what if we did different civilizations, just all those cute little cartoons? They're for me. Sci Channel, love it. Anything that have to do with that cool telescope out in space, love it. Like that stuff, that's my thing. And as far as fantasy goes, I'm a Marvel guy. And... I know the comic book people are going to hate me for this, but I loved the Marvel cartoons in the 90s, and I grew up with those, and so I loved the cinematic universe. I wasn't a comic book guy, and so those two worlds are actually my world for Marvel, and I'm hooked, and I thought I was going to be done after Endgame, but I still find myself wanting to know what's going on and watching every Disney Plus series that comes out, so that's my nerdiness. Um, do you have an imaginary friend? Uh, do the voices in my head count? <laughs> I mean, I I have uh, Cooper Jr., who I say runs around and, and keeps me company at night. But uh, uh, I, I can't pick just one. I, I I swear it keeps on changing too. But yeah, I I got imaginary friends. I like to think I have more real friends than imaginary. But well, that that's a topic for a different day. <laughs> love it i don't have imaginary friends right now i mean my right paw but um <laughs> i uh i i have had imaginary friends in the past and so um actually stuffed animals is probably instead of imaginary there's been certain stuffed animals in my life throughout periods of my life that i do get really attached to um on this the topic of attachment, I do want to move into Paul Lee Emery with a PAW. So you mm -hmm. are part of a pack. Uh, tell me about your pack. So uh, I am pack alpha to uh, pups uh, Ranger and pup Cinder, and um, I, I got to say I, I know many alphas will say this, but I have some of the best packs to pack members out there, and. Um, it, first off, it's, it's different than anything else. I, I get a lot of questions about how do you join a pack or what is a pack and how does a pack work? I'm going to simplify it to an extensive degree and say it's a form of a relationship. Everybody thinks that their relationships have to be one-on-one -on -one or they're built around a couple uh, concept. You say polyamory and, and that kind of situation, but that, that best describes it. You don't just have one person that you care about or that is attached to you in some facet. It's others that, that help pull that piece together. And um, I had a very, very intense conversation with my Omega the other day, who is just trying to wrap his head around it because Polly is still very, very new to him. And it's one of those where 
in one relationship, there's never, there's never one person out there who is 100% my match. You're never going to get that because if you do, then it means we have a glitch in the matrix and someone hit control C too many times. But, you know, you get one person that doesn't match the whole thing, but maybe two people kind of complete that. So it's a matter of uh, a true pack is about getting those facets that everybody kind of collaborates together. It's one big family is the way I often describe it. It's not about having that one relationship. I'm not married to other of my pack mates. I don't claim that one of them is more special to me than the other, unless it's, you know, one-on-one -on -one time and I'll tell them that they're the best in the world, but I, I can't pick and choose between them because they're all, they're both the greatest. Um, even right now, it, it, it's, you thought having one person relationship was difficult. Now try and add multiple factors to it and um, not to try and, you know, jinx myself, but we've been in discussion with trying to get a beta into the pack and I'm, I'm very, very hopeful but I will have to bend some parts of the cosmos to make this work. And I am not afraid to do that. So that'll be a fun adventure. <laughs> I love um, that. Thank you for sharing that. There's so, so much to unpack there. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to dig for some bones now. Um, <laughs> like that, like that. I've been waiting so long to say that. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I've been looking into a lot of the, the stuff with Polly. I studied it for a long time. Uh, my ex-husband and I, we're always monogamish and did a lot of play together, but then, you know, deepening of relationships. I highly recommend Poly Secure. I highly recommend Ethical Slut. Those two books were really great. And for those of you who hate boring reads, Poly Secure, first half, very clinical. Second half, blow your brains open. It's great. It's just, it's great stuff. But you got, you got to sit through that boring part because you need the context and the terminology um, for the rest of it to make sense. Um, what I find really interesting is in pack dynamics and how that plays an effect on polyamory. Because in a lot of poly spaces, that dynamic doesn't exist or it's forced. And I've mm -hmm. always found that, at least for me, what I'm observing is pack dynamics kind of just happen. It's not really, except for an alpha. Alphas are definitely the ones that walk into a room and are like, I'm alpha. Um, <laughs> but the, the rest of us, um, we just kind of fall into those roles and it can, it can, it can be different in different packs too. And I kind of love that. Cause that kind of like, for me, it makes poly make sense to me. Cause I don't believe that like you date someone just because they don't have something your other partner doesn't have. I, I truly love people for all of their whole selves, not just because they have this one thing that I like about them. Um, however, you're right. Like it is tough, at least in my world, for, for one partner to fulfill all the needs. Um, and gonna caveat that monogamy is beautiful. There's nothing wrong with monogamy. It is a beautiful relationship structure when you're aware of it and you choose it. That's the only thing I'm hell bent on and I will be poly uh, evangelical on. Love your monogamy, just just be aware of it. I mean, just know that it's not the only thing. <laughs> um, so yeah, thanks for sharing all that. So being an alpha, I have identified as a beta, and what I have realized is I have an alpha personality. However, when an alpha <laughs> walks in, I tend to like the alpha, and I submit to an alpha. But if that alpha's not around, I kind of fill in the spot. <laughs> and so well, I, that's I, the role of a beta. I mean, uh, when, when you think about it, I, I described this, and I got a bunch of eye rolls at it. it. A beta is your commander Riker. 
when 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 the captain's away, he's in charge, and there is no question on whose authority is really there. But when you have the alpha in the room, it's it's just kind of a dynamic that it's perspective, and it's not absolute. Like sometimes the beta gets to make a few decisions. Well, you know, we let them make some decisions too. <laughs> uh, but it's yeah, definitely. So I hear a lot of betas that say I have an alpha mentality, but. <laughs> Um, how do you tackle my favorite thing in poly? And I will also put this out. Poly can mean something different to everybody. So if any of this isn't applying to you, that's okay. You're not doing it wrong. It's your own thing. Um, but, you know, autonomy has become something really important to me post-divorce. And packs are something that I see, especially like in the Omegas, um, how do you make sure that your your pack mates are still feeling their own power and and claiming their autonomy within under your alphaness? Ooh, that is a very good question. Um, and I'm going to preface that I know I run my things differently. When I entered the BDSM and the kink community, I started in the old guard and the Gorian styles. And I, from personal experience, I did not recommend that. Uh-huh. It is very strict, it is very stringent, and is unsustainable. Most people, when they think about alphas, betas, omegas, and anything in between, because everybody has little inner ranks, don't take it too absolutely. There's got to be a bit of an on and an off switch and a subtlety attached to it. For for my pack, I am the authoritative decision. I am the one that's here and trying to make sure that the pack is taken care of, that we have the long-term goals. I'm here to take care of not today and the tomorrow, but the next year and thereafter. So I have to have that aspect. My Omega, he may be at the bottom of the line, but one, he currently loves his position. He gets all the attention. So, and two, he still has has power. I expect my pack members to go out and have their own social life. I expect them to be and find out who they want to be without me involved. I'm here as a support network on top of that. Conversely, they support me. So it's a very symbiotic style to that. And... My, my Gamma, who is just basically kind of like above Omega, below Beta, um, he has a, a similar concept. And he, his job is to be himself. We are here to support him as a group. The fact that we all get together and we all enjoy each other's company is the perfect piece of that puzzle. I don't know how I made it work, but I did. <laughs> love it. Love it, love it, love it. I met some pups last week at the beach which was so cool. They were so hot. They are so hot. I shouldn't say where. They're still hot. Um, I didn't even know they were pups. <laughs> I, like, slowly start walking by them at the nude beach, and uh, I decided to take a look at the view of the water and stay there until uh, we were in each other's circles. And one thing led another, and we were all talking. There was a new handler in there, too. Um and something I'm learning as I've been bumping into handlers, which are a little different mm-hmm. than alphas, because I really love alphas and some handlers. And I know even with consent, like I've consented to some handlers, but I've noticed I'm not getting the the downstairs tickles and the full heart <laughs> like I do when an alpha tells me good boy from the handlers. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a different energy. Um, have you had as an alpha experience with a handler yet? Yeah, so um, I had a handler many days ago before I earned my alpha status. 
And the, the only way I can really describe the difference, because there's a lot of common with it, is a handler does not get in the headspace like pups do. He, he just doesn't get there. He is still the human in, in, involved in this. And often what I see is a handler is, is less long-term. It's more session-based. So you get a lot more of intensity, you get a lot more play. I was once described that handlers are who you go play with. Alphas are who you come home to. So... Um, that was kind of a concept. Now it doesn't work for everybody, but that it really stuck with me on how to break that in. I love that. Thank you. That makes a lot more sense for me. And again, might not make sense for somebody else, but I really appreciate that because an alpha is like, I want to wake up next to you in the morning and handlers, there does seem to be kind of a time limit on that kind of play for me where I'm like, okay, I've had enough. <laughs> That's not working anymore. And now it's kind of annoying. <laughs> um, where I don't feel that with an alpha. Like it just, but I also don't feel like told to do tricks and things in the same way I, I do when I'm in headspace around a, a handler. Uh, and there is another handler I'm talking to, which I am liking and it's a slow burn and we're building up to it to have that power exchange, which you were talking about earlier. Um, one of my favorite things in BDSM that I've learned in the last month that I'll share with all of you is if you are a sub, it should still be a power exchange. You have power in those scenes or in lifestyle. Um, and if it ever doesn't feel like you're exchanging power, you should probably sit with that and talk to a friend or somebody because that might not be a healthy dynamic. It, it really is always an exchange of power. Um, always. <laughs> um, even when you're consensually pretending to give it all away, you can still say no. There's power there. And so mm -hmm. I love you calling that out too, is like how your Omega still has, has power. Um, let's, let's, I have one more really important question I wanna ask as we get close to time. Um, Adam C asked us a question. He lives in Canada in a small town and he's really new to the pup scene. I wanted to know what are ways to flag your pup pride um, without being totally obvious and maybe a situation or place that it could be socially damaging to just, you know, walk down the street in a pubhood. Uh, yeah, so great question. And definitely has a lot more uh, difficulties when you're in a rural town or a real small area. There's just not much of a community of any kind out there. Uh, so first off, talking about displaying yourself, it, I wear dog tags, actual dog tags. I wear um, a variety of necklaces and chains. The see, sucker, you got you got you could wear those out. That could Billy, that could still be you. Uh, my my Omega wears a pack ring as well. So when he's out in in public, so he's got that with him all day. Uh, he doesn't wear the the collar or anything like that because of the work that he does. But you know, sometimes it's even just a shirt. Everybody. I guarantee you, if I see somebody walking around with a really nice baseball cap and going, oh, that's a Nasty Pig logo, I know exactly what they're flagging around there or what kind of interest they're going on. Why are you, you working out at the gym, sir, in a Nasty Pig tank top? <laughs> exactly. exactly. So there are ways you can do it. And, you know, something like, like the Nasty Pig or the, the, the Pup Space one, which just has the logo, it's like, I recognize that logo. You will find people in the community just by wearing that because it's the subtle sign that only those in the community are going to see. But that aside, that's just talking pups. If you are in such an area that there's not much of a community out there and you're really trying to figure it out and digital is just not doing enough for you, go into the parallel communities. I guarantee you, furries will accept you for your own still being a pup. There's not going to be a problem there. 
other kinksters and communities. I guarantee that the smaller the towns, the bigger the kink communities are because there's nothing else to do out there. I, I, I that I'm coming from Montana. There's some kinky <laughs> motherfuckers there. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. And I, I come from Central Oregon out in the middle of the boondocks. So it's, I definitely guarantee you that there are people out there. It's just a matter of trying to find signs that are subtle to get it, get it out there. So what you wear, as subtle as it is, is sometimes picked up on the other side. But it's a great question. Good start. And it also helps build your confidence of what you feel more comfortable with. Someday you may be walking around with a collar tag or something like that just because you want to. Don't be afraid for it. Aru, I, uh, where are you based out of, Cooper? I realize I don't know the answer to this question. I'm currently out of D.C. area. Okay. And, uh, I'm still stationed <laughs> out here, so. I got so excited for a moment when you said Oregon. I was like, ah! <laughs> well, I, I will be back there in about a month. I'll be in the entire area for, for a couple of weeks because uh, a couple people get married. So I'm, I'm going to be in the area. <laughs> Can we please hang out? <laughs> I would so, yeah. Too. Um, yeah, uh, for me to answer that question, Adam, uh, I am still subtly... Mine's been my collar. That's been something that's been really important to me. And I own myself right now as a stray. And I like that, especially coming out of the relationship I just came out of. I was very in love and it was marriage. And so it's, I, need, I need space to heal. And so having this collar has been a nice signal. I did take the lock off of it finally. Um, and I love getting questions about it at work and people know, <laughs> I can see it in their facial expression and it's great. Um, and then last night I went to a show and you know, you know, going out with pups in your hood as, as a pack or with other packs or with a big group, you do feel safety in numbers putting your hood on. And I went to this show called Blow Pony last night and I wore my socks. I have my little paw socks, that flag paw on the side. But I actually did take out my my, um, hood or muzzle at one point last night and I was so nervous so so mm. nervous because there I didn't I saw maybe one other pup there that whole night um, and it's interesting because I know <laughs> based on online a lot of these people have pup play tagged on there and it's you know space and setting but I, I decided to dance to two songs in my pup gear just just for the night and I took it off and it, it was fun um, I got some weird looks, but it's okay. I also got a lot of people who approached me and had questions, and I got I got scratches too, which was really great. Consensual, too. I love it. Yeah, it was good. Really handsome man gave me scratches. Um, so yeah, you can flag however you want, and then also I don't know how old you are. Um, travel. You don't need a big group of friends to travel with. I booked a big gay cruise for myself in February. I've never done anything like that before. Um, you, you can go you can go places you it, it's actually easier said than done to just book a hotel room like six months in advance and then get the rest of it later if you try to travel to places where the kink scene is and book the whole thing in one sitting it's going to be fucking expensive um but get your hotel at one point uh find the event buy the tickets at another point get your plane tickets first and get the rest later like do it in pieces and you might find that it's able to, you might be able to go to some of these spaces. And then, who knows, there might be other people there willing to, like, kennel you for the night, too. Um, but definitely get out there. Um, and there's, I do have a lot of empathy for those in small towns. It's not easy. And another thing is, don't try and go from the small town to the big events like Mao. 
or anything like that. Do not make that jump all by yourself. You're, you're just going to give yourself a boor, poor experience and you're not going to be able to really enjoy it for what it is. So find people, you know, hitch a ride. There, I guarantee you there is couch space. There is couch space for those events. You just got to know who to, you know, reach out and see who you feel friendly with. But definitely take it in stride. You got time. What's Mao? Uh, Mid-Atlantic leather. Ooh. It's the big leather convention on this side of the coast. And it, uh, it is mostly leather and general kink, but there is an entire section that is dedicated to pups. So, nice. you know, when I, when I talk about being parallel communities and everything, kinksters in general, they will accept you for it. It's, so don't be afraid to go beyond and go, you know, I'm not really sure about the BDSM community or anything like that. I guarantee you they're friendly. Just watch it with the cookies. Oh, Adam, you're food. on. Yay. I didn't realize you were online with us. Cool. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you. Oh, no. All good. Hi. Um, well, cool. This has been wonderful. I've learned a bit. Uh, I'm going to throw one plug out, and then I'm going to leave Cooper to close it out and tell us, you know, his last thoughts for, for this chat. Uh, for those mm -hmm. of you who are still here or listening on Apple or Spotify uh, later, you know, I'm always looking for people to be on the show of – Various experience. I don't need people with 2,000, 5,000, 10,000 followers. Um, if you've got a friend or yourself or just a story to share that I could learn from as a new pup in the new community that I have really been feeling so welcome to be a part of, um, I would love to have you on because there's other people that can benefit from that too. And I'm just here to learn. So please reach out to me with your ideas. Uh, Cooper had reached out to me and told me about Pack Dynamics, and look, we're here now. We did have some technical difficulties getting started today. Mm -hmm. I apologize for that. Uh, we'll have that figured out next time. Uh, but yeah, thank you for being here. I appreciate all of you. And uh, hit that share button, and please, please hit the subscribe button, and uh, we, we will be able to continue to make more content like this. Um, so thank you so much. And Cooper, I'll hand it over to you. Uh, I think you said enough for the both of us in all the best ways. Uh, I, it's been a pleasure being here. I'm glad I got to jump on. I mean, it, talk about no followers. I mean, I think I had five if I was lucky on it's my followers. valuable information. It's not about the followers, <laughs> pups. Yep. So it, it, everybody has their experiences. Uh, share it. You'd be surprised how useful that information is. But chat, be social. We are more friendly than you think. We only bite most of the time. With consent. <laughs> and i consent just so you know <laughs> um all right cooper thank you so much thank you everyone who's here again hit that subscribe button and we'll talk to you later i'm gonna ask this one last howl all right take care everyone <laughs>